we're in week four of our Change Voices podcast. Along the way, we've touched on the individual act of speaking out, effective networking to sustain your business, and using these networks to build and sustain your organization. I am your host, Paula Frey. Today, we want to speak about mobilizing for change with our guest, Zoe Titus. I'm looking forward to today's discussion because Frey Intermedia was launched and continues to be driven by the desire to support change. Even this podcast, which seeks to explore the challenges, successes, and lessons of leadership through the experiences of diverse women leaders, was started so that we could rethink who leads, who speaks about leadership, and who shapes perceptions about leadership. Mobilizing for change is a key tool in our arsenal. Zoe Titus is the Strategic Coordinator at the Namibia Media Trust. Zoe has dedicated her time and efforts to the advancement of media freedom and media development in Southern Africa for the last two decades. She has spearheaded projects and campaigns to provide practical support for journalists working in danger zones, and she has advocated for changes in policy, pushing for an environment and frameworks that support a vibrant and independent media sector in the region. She spoke to us online from Vintum. One of the things that we want to talk about is really just to kind of give people who might be involved in press freedom issues or mobilizing for press freedom the kind of skills or at least some insight into what might be necessary. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background of how you came to be the strategic coordinator for the Namibian Media Trust? The trust was reinvigorated, let's say, in 2011 when uh, the current executive chairperson, Gwen Lister, revamped the trust. But in fact, the trust was originally registered in 1985 as a vehicle to establish the Namibian newspaper, which is presently the biggest independent daily English newspaper in the country. So basically, what does the organization do? What does the Namibian Media Trust do? Well, the Namibian Media Trust um, is a media owner, firstly. The trust owns the Namibian newspaper, 100% shareholder. Um, it also owns WordPress Namibia Printing Press and a, a few properties. The way it's structured is that the trust receives dividend income from these commercial entities to support its media advocacy, media development work. Um, In a nutshell, the objectives of the trust is to promote press freedom, freedom of expression and access to information. And your particular role there as strategic coordinator, uh, do you oversee the activities of the trust? I do so amongst other things. The trust was really re-established, reinvigorated around 2011. I was appointed towards the end of 2016. So, I mean, in terms of activities, it's a very short lifespan. And I was specifically appointed to develop the advocacy and development program of the trust. Our press freedom advocacy work the media policy work that we do in terms of litigation as well, and fundamentally to promote press freedom, freedom of expression, but also issues around media literacy and digital literacy. If we were speaking to someone who doesn't work in media, um, what would you say would be the reason for mobilizing for press freedom? Why is it so important to do that? 
Firstly, the media is central to our lives. The way in which we receive information is via one or other media platform and the kind of information we should all be aware. And then also support those people who make it possible for us to receive that information. And in order for them to do their work, they need a facilitating, enabling environment which is why press freedom is fundamentally important to our lives for every citizen, really. So it just seems like the challenge is so vast, right? Because when you talk about creating an enabling environment, I mean, where, where do you even start? So what are the kinds of issues that you're actually doing advocacy work around? Firstly, an enabling environment, most probably start with a legal framework. So a lot of the work that we do is to make submissions around legislation that impacts on citizens, let's say the legal framework. Media itself needs an economic framework to sustain itself. But at the same time, we require citizens to be critical. Probably our flagship campaign in Namibia is one campaigning for an access to information law. And hopefully by uh, the end of 2019, there will be a draft bill ready, but access to information affects all of us. So what kind of advice would you give organizations who wanted to do networking or mobilizing around press freedom issues on the continent? I'd say have a long-term view around this kind of thing. From my experience, and um, this is in excess of about 22, 23 years just working in this area, is that yes, you must have a long-term view. The more partners you have and the more diverse those partners are, the better for your campaigns. Also be strategic because you can get a lot done with very little resources if you are strategic. And never, never undermine the importance of people who do not necessarily agree with you. I previously worked in organizations that, whilst they were involved in policy advocacy, did not really engage with governments. Whilst we know that governments are probably amongst the main transgressors of media freedom and freedom of expression, we must engage and develop relationships with governments and policymakers. So you're talking about setting up a really broad network of stakeholders, including government, so huge engagement with civil society and formal structures. Formal and informal structures. Because my experience to a certain extent has also been that, I mean, as I said, uh, involve as many players as you can. And even those that are on the fringes and marginalised are even increasingly more uh, important and central to campaigns around media freedom and freedom of expression. Because, I mean, ultimately, those are the people who want to have the freedom to express themselves and diverse views, as diverse views as possible. So yes, um, strong building blocks of diverse networks, multi-tiered networks. What do you mean by multi-tiered networks? Multi-tiered in terms of you know engaging with your policymakers, engaging with organisations that, that I mean you normally wouldn't look at, trade unions, other broader mass movements. One of the things that, that we've probably overlooked to a great extent and uh, involving faith-based organizations and policy advocacy work around press freedom, freedom of expression, and that is becoming increasingly important. So let's say multi, multi-tiered, multi that would probably be an, an explanation of that and 
multi-level in terms of the particular strategies that you employ. You, I think, Paula, more than anyone else, understands the importance of having the right message for the right audience. And that's critically, critically important. The problems that one has with campaigns around press freedom, a free press, uh, an independent press, is that people don't necessarily believe in those values. So it's changing perspectives, changing ideas, and having the right messaging for a particular audience. I always find that one of the biggest challenges around mobilizing for press freedom is that it's often seen as a freedom for the press and that possibly the first step that we need is to be able to have people recognize that in fact it's everyone's freedom, isn't it? That freedom of the press is every individual's freedom. Yes, I always take it from the perspective that every citizen has the right to a free press, an independent press, a pluralistic and diverse press. I see as a fundamental right of every citizen. Absolutely. So what are the specific challenges that you've had to overcome as a strategic coordinator? What are the major issues that you're having to deal with? I mean, on a personal level, it's sometimes that you become a bit disenfranchised and, and ask yourself, is this really working? Is it worth it? Especially at times when you are required to support and mobilize for a journalist who has not been as ethical as one would wish that person to be. In that instance, you remind yourself that you are working and that your work is founded on very specific principles. So aside from that, obviously, the situation has changed in the sense that the Namibian Media Trust is able to employ its own funds to a great extent. One of the pieces of advice you gave was to have a long-term view certainly advocacy or mobilizing around post-freedom and a lot of social justice issues really are about having a long-term view. Advocacy isn't quick and easy. So for many people who are working in social justice, a major issue is that of sustaining your own energy and keeping yourself going. So how do you sustain your energy? I mean, how do you keep yourself going in the face of a lot of pressure? That is, as I said, sometimes very difficult because you become disenfranchised. But you remind yourself that, that you are working for the greater good. It is important to have people around you that are supportive, people whose knowledge you draw, surround yourself with people that are like-minded, but they're also ones that, that, that challenge you. I mean, if you look around, especially in the press freedom, free expression arena, it is a male-dominated arena, and at times the, the, the work of women um, and even women leaders are undervalued. So that support, that network of support is incredibly important. Pace yourself. Uh, learn to say no. That's good advice, I have to say. Um, not necessarily advice that we often follow, but good advice. So what advice would you give other women who are mobilizing for social justice? Again, have that long-term view and network. Open yourself up to learning because even today, I learn something new every day. Just the other day, I I learned something about the Anthropocene. But um, I learned about that and made that connection to developing journalism and freedom of expression. So everything is interlinked. Go out there and network. It can only enrich your life. So we thank you very, very much for your time. 
let's wrap up then. Mobilizing for any change starts with having a vision of what you want to achieve, including creating an enabling environment for change. Often this starts with the regulatory framework. For that reason, you need to have a long-term view. Real change does not happen overnight. We must seek out partners to support the work. Zoe notes that the more diverse the partners, the better, including those who might disagree with you on some issues, but support your underlying call for change. Essentially, you want to set up a really broad network of stakeholders, and this could include government as well as non-governmental organizations. Be careful of ad hoc tactics, have a coherent advocacy strategy that includes the general public. And then, because context is everything, be sure to constantly review the effectiveness of your strategy and, if necessary, amend it. Do let us know if you have found these tips useful. Remember to join the online conversation on all at Frey Intermedia social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find more information about the work we do and the Change Voices podcast on our website, freyintermedia.com. Here you can also sign up for the Change Voices newsletter. If you have any specific women in mind that you'd like to hear from, or if you want to support our endeavor, then you can contact me directly at pfrey at freyintermedia.com or direct message me on social media. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss out on our next conversation and rate us on whichever platform you listen on. Next week, we'll be talking fundraising with the Executive Director of South Africa's Social Justice Initiative, Bangiwe Mulangeni. Until then, let's lead. Let's lead.